Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Episode 297, August 7th, 2017. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. Are you ready? I am. It's the G-Talk Show. With Tammy on Wrangler. Tony and Josh on Cherokee. So sit back. Strap in. Local Jeep News, National Jeep News, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. And This Week in Jeep is brought to you by Amazon.com. Looking for a way to support the show? Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash Amazon. And a small fraction from anything you purchase using that link will go to the Jeep Talk Show. If you like what you hear or have gotten any benefit from what we do here, then please consider giving back. That's jeeptalkshow.com slash Amazon. And if kicking us a nickel is just too much for you, then subscribe (laughs) to us on YouTube. Every subscription gets us closer to our goal of ultimate multimedia domination. Just go to youtube.com slash jeeptalkshow and hit that subscribe button. It's going to be just like origami. Well, over the last year, there has been a relatively steady stream of leaked, spied, or otherwise released information, pictures, and more about the soon-to-be-debuted 2018 Jeep Wrangler JL. Rumors started as soon as the news dropped that the JK model would come to its production end for an all-new, completely redesigned 2018 model. From rumors of independent suspension to an all-aluminum tub to even unibody discussions that made us all throw up a little bit in our mouths. <laughs> Think, thankfully, as the months faded away, the real news started coming out. Details of features, design cues, and spy photographs, and leaked tidbits of speculated specs all started painting a picture of what the new JL would actually be looking like. There hasn't been much that has been carved in stone when it comes to the new JL Wrangler. We know what it's going to have. That we know that it's going to have a pickup as a brother. We know that the grille is an all-new design, as is most of the Jeep styling cues. We know a little bit about the interior and a few pieces of, of, of info about the available drivetrain options that may or may not be offered. But it wasn't until this week. We got definitive news about some of the other features of this all-new Jeep that many of us have been speculating about from the very beginning. What brought us to this forefront of Jeep news, you may ask? Well, it was all from a spotting in public of a prototype masked in that crazy camouflage that's supposed to throw us off when it comes to body lines and specific features. uh, Fortunately for us, the spy who took the pics had a great camera. These latest spy photos are pretty much the best look we've had yet at the new Wrangler's body giving us a clear look at things like the new Fender-mounted LED front turn signals, bumper lines, the Renegade-esque taillights, and revised fuel filler cap. But those aren't the details everyone's going nuts over right now. Aside from the unmistakable iconic look of virtually every Jeep Wrangler ever made, there are just a few handfuls of things that make a Wrangler, well, a Wrangler. There's the body-on-frame design, of course. The seven-slat grille, the roll bar, the lights, and a few other things to let your mind know that the vehicle your eyes are looking at is a Jeep Wrangler. If we look closely at the bottom corners of the windshield in the latest spy photos, you can clearly see what looks like hinges. Not only that, but there's a clear split between the windshield frame and the Jeep's body. Now check out that hood above the bulge. 
which I might add looks pretty mean, but there are two nubs that seem perfectly positioned to support the Wrangler's front glass, should it be dropped forward. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? Could the next generation Jeep Wrangler JL actually have a folding windshield after all the speculation that it wouldn't? And dare we dream that could the windshield lowering function actually be user friendly this time? Longtime Jeep fans will know that OG military Jeeps had a flat windshield that easily slapped down for shipping, low speed off road navigation, and smashing, smashing through the Starbucks drive through extra quick on a mad dash, pavement pounding run just to get the Jeep juices flowing. Well, early CJ civilian Jeeps had the same feature. Even the YJs of the 80s, the first Jeep to actually be called a Wrangler, had flat front windscreen that dropped quickly. Wrangler following and immediately preceding the current body style known as the TJ had a slightly less accessible but still foldable windshield too. Now today, a Jeep's windshield can be folded down on a current JK body Wrangler, but it's a nightmare of a process. And it makes the 4x4 look like some kind of a half-shucked oyster unless you completely remove the glass from the frame. And who really wants to do that? Because the current Wrangler's windshield is curved for aerodynamics. Yay, EPA standards! Not after hearing rumors from the very beginning that this latest generation of Jeep would have aggressive aerodynamics worked into its body lines, pretty much everybody was assuming that FCA would strike the whole folding windshield design altogether. Now, it's true that the upcoming JL Wrangler's windshield is raked at a gentler slant than the current JK's, but it also seems flatter left to right, which, like the exposed hinges up front, suggests the next Wrangler is not only going to retain the model's famous folding windshield ability, it's going to be more accessible to the casual user. Now, before you all start screaming at your radios and cell phones while listening to this, that driving around with no windshield is dumb and you can get hurt. Now, listen, driving around with no windshield is one of the greatest joys of life on this earth. And if you haven't tried it, go ahead and kick the glass out of your car before you take off from work today. And, let, and then you can tell me if that wasn't the best idea ever by the time you get home. <laughs> okay, maybe you wouldn't want to drive, the windshield, drive windshield free all the time, but that's the beauty of the hinge. Want to avoid that rain shower? No problem. Fold away. Or maybe you need something to help out the air out that bad case of gas you had from having seconds at Chipotle. <laughs> now, the dude abides and the hinge provides. From zero to about 45 miles per hour, which is pretty much the extent of a Wrangler's comfort zone anyway, the wind and bugs and weather really are a lot of fun to soak up directly through your face and teeth, which all my motorcycle riding brethren out there will attest to. All joking aside, Jeepers, I think an easily foldable windshield would be a great feature for the new Wrangler. And if it ends up being real... I'd highly encourage new owners to utilize it as often as possible. Just don't forget the Mad Max goggles and scarf. And big thanks out to out there, all of you guys who continue to help us out each and every week by submitting stories for This Week in Jeep. If you have something you think we should be reporting on or you have a response to any one of our stories, well, send us an email to info at jeeptalkshow.com. I would like to mention that it is love bug season, so it would be an opportune time to drive around at high speed uh, on the uh, the freeways and byways of uh, Southeast Texas right now, I don't know. Do you guys sure have you, the, you guys have make the love sure you bugs bring your there? toothpicks. Yeah, do you guys have the love bugs over there? No, we um, don't. South Carolina, I'm, we did. They're black. I guess I don't know what love bugs are. They're little black bugs. They're called love bugs because you see them fly, flying around, hooked together. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. I don't think we mating? have those here. They're mating. Yeah, we call them flies out here. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you see a guy on a motorcycle. Uh, he's either uh, riding uh, during love bug season, or he's been eating a lot of Oreos. Oh, jeez, <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit gritty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah extra crunch, crunch, extra pro protein. 
Oh, you know, I just got to I got to make this announcement, guys. It's it's obvious from the pictures that uh, Josh shared with us of the the JL that all the new JLs will be red. Oh, I knew that was going to come up. (laughs) What Tony's talking about, guys, for our for our podcast listeners out there, the pictures that I've shown this Jeep is covered in not the big, bulky, pillowy type of camouflage that we've seen so far on the JLs out in public. This is the more of the the fractalized sort of lots of little triangles and stuff like that mm-hmm. uh, vinyl wrap, if you will, that that is very much almost a part of the paint than than anything, and not like a blanket draped over the Jeep. And so we get a, a really good look at the body lines and and how everything goes together. But of course, all of the hinges and handles and everything else are not covered by this vinyl wrap, and they are red. And so, of course, Tony's <laughs> radar just peaked and pinged and he's like oh look it's red <laughs> what i don't understand yeah. is what did they drive they peel off just certain parts of it and drive around with it or do you think someone's photoshopping what they think it should be there oh no no, they no do that's that so people can't see it while they're driving around yeah no no, this, no this i know is, that but in the picture you can see the red hinges you can see the grill right. you can see the fenders uh, because wrapping those things would be a lot, a lot more difficult. Nice big open panels of you know flat body are easy to wrap with a vinyl sticker versus something like a hinge, which has you know many faces, or a door right, handle, but which also has a lot of you know profiles and features. I and stuff. think that they are but pushing along been- the 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 spy photos that were released because they're saying, well, what the hell difference does it make now? <laughs> now I see personally, I they're not going to just unwrap parts of it. I think it's people photoshopping what they think it's going to look like. That's my theory. No, that's not a photoshop at all. Yeah, but why would they unwrap just those? That's No, no they, they didn't unwrap them, Tammy. They just that's not part of the wrap. Well, why would they do that? Why would they display them, I think is what she's saying. Yeah. I uh, mean, because I, it, it's it's going to take a lot more time to wrap something that that isn't going to necessarily give away a lot of information about the Jeep. This is sort of just one of those little tidbits that a lot of Jeepers have been talking about for a, you know yeah. pretty much since we knew that a new Jeep was going to be coming I, out. I don't think they care now since Tammy took those photos and released yeah. them to the public. I uh-huh. mean... <laughs> I mean, yeah. somebody took those. Sure. Price is going to get knocked on there my may, door. There may be something to that, Tony, actually, because all of the spy photos that we've seen up to this point have been these large, pillowy, black, oh, yeah. you know, fluffy, blanket-style camouflage wraps and not this very thin, you know, vinyl wrap type of thing. Uh, and so they might be, you know, just getting to the point of where, hey, we're getting a lot closer to debut. The design is finalized. All we're doing is testing at this point. The public has already gotten a lot of spy photos and a lot of good looks at this. So without you know fully unwrapping this thing, here's the the least amount of camouflage that we need to put on this thing to you know do our tests. Now, the other thing, the other thing that this might be is a miles per, is is uh, is a mileage test. They may be oh, you know doing this yeah. because they want to test the mileage on this and having all that extra pillowy big wrappy stuff all over the thing obviously is going to hurt the aerodynamics substantially and i can only imagine adds a bunch of weight too well if you think about this with this it's aerodynamic it matches the body lines and they can get a really you know a real life epa uh, rating you know mileage my mpg rating on this right well if you think about it uh i I guess actually i said this to, to start with we've already seen what the front bumper and the uh not not the un uh, not not a complete uh, fender, but we could tell that they were doing something with the lights and the side markers yeah. on those fenders. Well, there is a picture where you can see the the lights and the fender where one of the yeah, but it was JL still kinda, testers. It was still kind of covered though, wasn't it? 
Well, he no, it was at night. He got pulled oh, over. Oh, I did And not you see could that. see the lights. Yeah, I That's saw that. That's a rare photo right there. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder. <laughs> I wonder what the, the cop, cop. I wonder what the cop right. pulled him over. Hey, is that one of them JALs that you trying yeah. here? Right. Let's pull him over there. Let's see what he's got. Um, we can talk him into some photos uh, and then take some photos of the Jeep. Uh, but uh, this is, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of happy with this. I do not like the uh, the lights on the fenders. Uh, but the great I'm thing about it fence. is, I'm on the fence with that right now. I, I think it's a it's an innovative design. Um, I, I think it's it's sort of a natural progression of uh, of sort of the way the 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 Jeep's indicator lights have sort of progressed over the years. Um, I, I'm not I'm not angry at it. I, I'm not in love with it either. Uh, it's sort of one of these things where it's like, yeah, this this might have to grow on me a little bit. We'll see what the aftermarket does with it too. That should be interesting. Doesn't one of the other Jeeps have the lights and the fenders like the Renegade? Not or? like this though. This is this uh, is you know very much a a very large reflector lens you know space. This is unlike anything right. that we've really seen from Jeep fender lighting up to this point. Well, if you notice too, there are no um, uh, what do you call the the LED uh, not the LED the yellow. Um, the yellow lights. And the grill. Like, yeah, there's, there's nothing on the grill except the headlights. Right. So I think right. that those two uh, clear or, or, or white area is going to be the yellow, and then the orange yeah. is the side marker. So uh, what I, I was going to say is is that it, it, it you can still remove these damn fenders and get rid of that ugly crap, in my opinion. Uh, but then again, you're not going to have whatever the front markers are. Well, I or, believe or the turn that- signal indicators. That's what I'm trying to say. I believe that that the aftermarket is going to oh, have yeah. to incorporate, um, you know, either into the bumpers or into the fenders or both that consideration to where if you're going to upgrade this, you know, this is something that you're going to have to obviously, to, you know, be DOT legal, uh, pass inspection and all that stuff. You got to have these marker lights and all that. So uh, that's going to be something that they're going to have to incorporate. Uh, we'll see what it ends up having. Obviously, this isn't going to be the aftermarket's not going to be able to do anything with this for quite some time. And we saw how long it takes for you know any new Jeep to see aftermarket stuff. So uh, it, it might be as much as a year before we start seeing anything like that. Yeah, well, interesting. Very interesting photos. I mean, it's great to see that we can see this much detail uh, in uh, on the new JL now, especially since uh, you know they're, they've cut back the wrap. I don't even know why they're doing the wrap. I guess they have to do that simply because they're going to be doing a, uh, a coming out uh, in November, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, at one of the yeah, shows. Yeah, so they want... They December, big, the first week of December at LA Auto Show. Yeah, that unveiling, that debut. They 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 want it to be you know special. If you I will, bet you, so. I bet you those folks are kind of pissed off about this because it's like you can see you can see what it's going to look like. I mean, I could probably spend t- uh, fifteen minutes with this and color it in and uh, get rid of all that camouflage. So you I could thought we it. told George in accounting that he can't have <laughs> access to the key cabinet anymore because of stuff like this. <laughs> Yeah, I could make that red and just a just a quick jiffy. So look yeah, at the, look at the th- sliders there. Do you think that's uh, factory sliders? Yeah, I think those are going to be a a newer version of of what we know as the ruby rails, more or less. So I, I think that's going to be sort of their entry level. Here, this will give you some protection while mall crawling. But I, I'm going to see if yeah. I'm be really curious to see if they have a Mopar line of accessories for this, to where you can upgrade it, much like the JK you were you were able to without. Uh, avoiding the warranty with you know Mopar authorized aftermarket accessories. So, uh, Tammy, do you have like a uh, what would that be called? You see that thing that's in the front there, Josh, just under the bumper. I don't think it's part of the bumper. I don't think it's a skid. Uh, it looks like it's kind of an air dam uh, there on the front. Very well, I could can't be. See I mean, the picture. 
a lot of, a lot of what you know, a lot of the styling cues on this have been focused around aerodynamics and so oh, i would yeah. not be a bit surprised to see some sort of you know aerodynamic design considerations underneath the bumper or you oh, know yeah. underneath the engine compartment sort of some some things to keep the air flowing or, or whatever i would imagine that they're going to try and do everything they can to squeak every tenth of a mile per gallon as they can out of this thing uh to a, you know obviously adhere to epa standards yeah pulse width modulated uh, bumper um <laughs> you know but uh, the the air dams that are on the um the wranglers right now that's like yeah for the off-roaders, that's like one of the first things oh, yeah. everybody pulls off. Oh, you have betcha. to. You betcha. It's just, it's going to yeah. get eaten up anyway. But I mean, did, right. did, did, did yours have something like that on on yours uh, when you got it, Tammy? Oh yeah. Okay. And when I replaced my bumper, um, I took it off. Oh, of course. We, my boys use it as a sled. Oh, very nice. Does it say <laughs> Rubicon well, they, on it? Yeah. No. No. This was. Um, oh, the Sahara. God, was it on the Rubicon now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 It was. Oh, so you got uh, two of them, one for each boy. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right. Hey, well, guys, coming up later in the show, we know that a lot of you aren't as mechanically or technically inclined as an ASE certified mechanic, and even some of them don't know Jeeps as well as others. So we've got some tips for you when tracking down a mechanic for your Jeep. Exciting. Yeah, you never, and it's so hard to find a good one that you can trust. Uh, a little more information about that from uh, what Tammy found out, uh, speaking of uh, certified mechanics. Uh, you know, I wanted to take a moment here. There's a, a lot of weather stuff going on, and I know if you're listening to this thing three weeks after we uh, produced it, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. You already know what's happened, but uh, we do want to, to make a special mention for all the people that are in the path of uh, Hurricane Irma. Uh, to our listeners in Florida that might be at this very moment evacuating and listening to the show, uh, our thoughts and prayers go out to you. Uh, please be careful and special prayers to you and your family. And you know we we have a probably have a lot of people that were affected by Harvey still listening to us yeah, as true. well, uh, ripping out sheetrock, boiling water just to survive. I, I can't imagine. We haven't forgotten about you guys. You're all in our thoughts and prayers as well. Also, those folks in Georgia and South Carolina that could be in the path of Irma too. I saw that just before the showtime. They were uh, what was it? The mandatory evacuations like uh, east yeah. of uh, I ninety five or something. If I remember yeah, reading it right, Charles, Charleston, South Carolina schools are closed, and yippee me. My mother-in-law is coming to stay with us. Now, I've told you about this before, Tammy. When you say Charleston, you have to say it properly. Yeah, Charles. Charleston. <laughs> so, uh, but you have an op- you you may have an opportunity to get to know uh, maybe Cat One or Tropical Storm Irma, uh, don't you? Because it looks like it's coming up uh, the East yeah, Coast. Yeah, we we'll probably get rains and winds, but I've been through hurricanes. I don't need any anymore hurricanes hurricanes are boring uh, uh you like, guys can send like some weather. of that rain over my way really uh, three Irma. months without measurable rain I'll, yeah. I'll take a few drops please what kind of uh twisted universe are we living in where people in oregon don't have any rain seriously yeah i mean li- live in the pacific <laughs> northwest my entire life and this is the driest summer that i remember uh this is just ridiculous so so what's the personal opinions here about global warming you know because there's been celebrities uh, uh here and there coming out with this is just a damn another damn reason why the global warming is going on we're seeing these storms from hell that's because people aren't buying enough jeeps i I love that oh uh and here's another thing that's not in the show notes uh i saw a post today about somebody saying they were going to sell their jeep (gasps) if jeep as a company was purchased by china 
Yeah, does, but well, why does that sell make any cheap sense? you already bought? Uh, it's that that was my comment. They're was, already. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> my, exactly. Money. My comment was that there's plenty of Jeeps that you can buy that weren't built by China or FCA. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, indeed. Anyway, I just was surprised by that. I mean, it may have just been somebody trolling, but I was I thought that was interesting as a protest. They were going to sell their Jeep. But obviously, that Jeep wasn't made. Uh, by China. So, and, and, and somebody else made a good point. Uh, China has been making or made the Jeep Cherokee 10 years after they, it was uh, no longer being manufactured in the United States. I think they called mm. it the 2500 or something. It was the one with those funky headlights. Oh, yeah. It had a commander esque type of headlights almost. Yeah. yeah. I remember seeing those. Yeah. I mean, where people were, were actually buying that and putting that stuff on. Like, I, no, I, I just, I'll, it's like changing out the seven slot grill, like you see on some of these uh, JKs. I, I, you know, teach their own. But to me, if you're going to change out the seven slot grill, you know, get you, a, get you another vehicle if you, if you don't like the seven slots. All righty. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. You most certainly aren't. If you'd like to learn more about what that is and what we have there, just head over to 4x4radionetwork.com. That's 4x4radionetwork.com, all one word. You can learn more about everything that we have there, all sorts of podcasts, guys, all off-road related. The 4x4 podcast, the Center Steer podcast, and Trail Chasers podcast, and even find us there, too. Yeah, go over there and find out why uh, John at the Center Steer podcast has quit his job. Oh, yeah, that lucky <laughs> SOB. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Something new is coming. Coming in October. Big changes coming to the Jeep Talk Show. Longer? Well, maybe. You'll just have to stay tuned to find out more. Shut up and listen. So shut up. You don't shut up. Shut up, Shane. Hey, shut up and listen. It's time for Wrangler talk. It's time for G-Mama. So Tony and Josh, back in July, I replaced my original manufacturer's front drive shaft with a new Tom Woods front drive shaft. And when you have a Tom Woods drive shaft, to keep it running in excellent condition and to have a long life, you need to keep up with the greasing. The Tom Woods website says, quote, we believe a frequent and thorough greasing is more important than the type of grease you use. This is because one of the main results of this greasing is a proper flushing out of any contaminants like mud, water, etc. It seems that a little grease and dirt make an excellent grinding compound, which you don't want to have. While greasing, if you pump the grease until you see clean grease come out past all the seals, you will ensure that most of the contaminants will be washed away. This is extremely important if you submerge your Jeep in water or mud. And I did this just the last time I went off-road. However, it was a quick in-and-out submerging of water, but I wanted to be safe. And as you know, I really want to be able to maintain my Jeep myself, but I have very little to no background in vehicle maintenance. But as the months have passed, I am growing in that knowledge, but front drive shafts are a new territory for me. So I decided to head back over to Adrenaline Off-Road where I had my front drive shaft installed. Now, they've been in business since 2002. Jeff, the owner, is a fellow Jeeper. He's got like four or five Jeeps 
that he has there. He's an off-roader, and he's been working on Jeeps for decades. He also was recommended by very like by so many fellow Jeepers I've off-roaded with and several Jeep clubs. He is also involved in the off-road community. So I wanted to learn the correct way to grease my front drive shaft. Jeff and his trusted mechanic, Mike, gave me a quick little lesson this past week. And it really isn't that hard. And next week on my blog, JeepMama.com, I'm going to share how easy it really is. But the reason for my Wrangler talk tonight is to share with our listeners the importance of finding a reliable mechanic to work on your Jeep if you don't do the work yourself. My number one tip is to get references from other Jeepers and off-roaders. You can even get suggestions from local Jeep clubs. Now, if you do a lot of off-roading, you should look for a mechanic who has knowledge of off-roading as well as aftermarket parts. And I'm sure a little later, Tony and Josh might offer some other tips to look out for. So while I was at the shop, I asked about the work they were doing on some of the two other Jeeps they had in the shop. Jeff pointed out most of the work lately they're doing is fixing shoddy work from local mechanic shops. Now, he is backed up like four to six weeks out, and the main reason for this is fixing the shoddy work from other mechanics and the lack of trying to find good mechanics to work in a shop. Now, the work that needed to be done on one of the Jeeps in the Adrenaline Off-Road Shop just shocked me. Jeff and Mike were fixing and replacing some pretty messed up work done by a local franchise shop. In the end, it's going to cost this Jeeper thousands of dollars, most likely $10,000 to fix and replace parts. Take a look and listen to what I got on tape. I have Jeff explain a little about who the Jeeper is, and then they share just a few items on the list of many, many to fix. And this guy, he's an off-roader. Right. Him and his brother, they're, they're twin brothers, and they got twin Jeeps, and they have right. some acreage, and he, they have rivers running through their property, and as you can see, you know, they like Holy. running through the mud. Yeah, just a little. And uh, so he, they want to get into the rock crawling stuff. They just haven't done it yet, and they're both getting ready to go to Wyotech to, to learn the trade, and they're going to be coming back to talk to me once they get their oh, education. Okay. So we got Jeff here with Adrenaline Off-Road. He seemed to be having Jeeps come in with lots of problems. It seems like it's a lot of the work we've been doing lately is just fixing, you know, work from other shops. You know, we're not perfect either, but, you know, everybody makes mistakes. But, you know, we've been just dealing with a lot of mistakes lately. You want to share a little bit of what you're seeing? Um, I mean, we have an example here that came from a local shop. Uh, we have the their front axle housing here on the floor where they press the ball joints into the housing with the boots on Over it here. still. They didn't have it set in properly. They welded in the tube sleeves, which slid right out. You know, they didn't have any penetration at all. And they welded the axle truss on, you know, upside down, the, the fin on it upside down, along with uh, a multitude of other issues that we've been dealing with on this particular vehicle. What, can you share some other stuff about this Jeep here? Um, maybe Mike can chime in. I'm trying to remember certain things. Um, I showed the yeah. axle. Yeah, I mean, we have a lid. Like, they re-geared the axles, and it was making a bunch of noise. The guy brought it here right from the shop, said he couldn't even drive it. And, then, you know, the guy told him that all aftermarket 
gears make noise, you know, we had, to, we had to redo the rear. He didn't even want to deal with saving his axle housing, even though we could have rebuilt it. He, he just wanted to be done with it because it's just, uh, everything was just done wrong on it, you know. This is basically the axle sleeve, <clears throat> um, which you're supposed to drill holes in the axle. Right. Half inch holes on both sides. <clears throat> and then basically you have the sleeve in here and then you weld into there and get good penetration on the tube so the tube doesn't move. And when I pulled the inner axle shafts out, this came right out with it. And there's no there's no welds on here. No marks at all from being welded. Um, this is like just a looks like where it was drilled. And what I'm thinking is he put these in, then drilled a hole, and then and then just did some welds to make it look like he did something. I mean, it's obviously what happened. Right. It's supposed to be welded out out here on the end. Yeah. And once it's in, you're supposed to weld the outer lip here so everything is tied in together. Um, the old ball joints were you could stick easily stick a fingernail underneath it because um, he put the put them in with the boots on and it kind of bound everything up so they're just kind of just stuck up there. We had to put put it back together so we could yeah. bring up our lid. And you can see where he took a punch, you know, trying to make you know make it seat, but it didn't work. It's like that on both sides. The welds, it looks like a a three-year-old stick welded it. This is an Evo <laughs> truss that's supposed to strengthen the axle housing, and this piece here is actually supposed to be underneath of it, welded to the axle housing itself, where you don't see it. And they, yeah. they welded it on top like a you know, like a shark fin. <laughs> Doesn't give it any strength up there. So right there, it looks just like decoration. Yeah, it doesn't exactly. offer anything. You know, no um, support or anything like that. So this is supposed to go behind. Underneath. Yeah. Underneath. This piece. You weld on first. You kind of tack it, and you and then you. This will then slide over it, and and the top of this has a slot, and you kind of mark it, make sure it's good, and then you you final weld it underneath, and then you put this saddles over top of it, and these parts stick up, and then you weld on top, so it all ties in right together. So you don't see this at all. It's inside this. So this guy was that side with this axle. He was trying to beef it up. Yeah, and mm -hmm. totally it's not beefed up. Yeah, the. The gear job was horrible. The um, the gears had like, I think it was like twenty thousandths backlash. You're supposed to have six. Supposed to have six to ten. And um, they made noise. Pinion seal was leaking really bad, and, and it only had like two thousand miles since the all this was done, wasn't it? Like I that. think it was like two hundred. Oh, two hundred miles. So or less. Yeah. I gave him more credit. <clears throat> So someone like me probably would have never known. Someone like you would have done a better job. What? I'm Absolutely. serious. You know, this is just it's a, it's a hat job, and, and like Jeff, I don't like talking bad about people, but when you're going to do something like that and charge money for it, it's just, it's wrong. You know, it really is. You said something about trying to get good mechanics. I've been trying for years. Um, you know, I've got a great guy here, Mike. He's been with me for a while, and it's just okay. every time I try to find. A second mechanic, you know, after a week or two, I end up getting rid of them because they just don't do a very good job. You know, I had great guys over the years, but they've moved out of state, you know, where they were in Virginia now. They don't want to make the trip here to work with the traffic so bad. I, I, well, I'm speechless. <laughs> I'm just uh, utterly speechless. 
Yeah, there's there's even more. I just can't believe that that somebody would let a Jeep go out of their shop with with that level of workmanship. And just such oversight, just such shoddy work. I mean, it just blows me away. Well, I mean, as long as the check clears, you know, uh, that's all that matters. Well, you wouldn't. You just don't see that kind of stuff out here. I just, I, maybe it's just we take a little bit more pride in in our off-road vehicles out here in the Northwest. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just we have better fabricators or something. I've never seen anything like that. And all the vehicles that I have torn into and worked on over the years, I have never seen stuff where they just, oh, I'll just hide this. I'll just, I'll, I'll just pretend like I did that, or or just oh, here I'll just shove this in and and we'll, that'll be good to go. No, well, the brake lines just, were upside down. Um. I think that's what they said. Yeah. Um, but I just found out late tonight, Jeff and Mike, um, they found the clock spring broken. Um, they suspect it was broken because um, the steering, steering box was replaced. And it looks like they took it apart and tried to fix it. It had paint and pry marks on it and was in several pieces and the ribbon cable <laughs> was severed. Um, but... Good news, all is good. They just finished fixing all the problems on that Jeep. So these two twins in their Jeeps will be heading out to Big Dogs this weekend. That's an off-road park here in West Virginia, not very far away. And it'll be their first time crawling on rocks. So everything's... I I will say that they didn't put that axle back on. Um, One of the guys decided he went for a... uh, I think I want to say a Dana 44 Dyna track. Dyna track, yeah. That's yeah, right. so that's what he did. He's like, I'm not messing with that axle. Yeah, good call. Yeah, so I just cannot stress enough how important it is to get a good, reliable mechanic to work on your Jeep, especially when you're upgrading and making aftermarket changes. Um, the Jeep and after or off-road market industry is so large, but at the same time, it's very small when it comes to finding mechanics who know what they're doing. Now, I would suggest you stay away from just your run-of-the-mill car mechanics or even a franchise shop that deals in lifts, which is what this shop where that got this work done, the shoddy work, was a shop that um, supposedly specializes in this type of work. Um, I think you're better off reaching out to your local Jeep club and getting suggestions from them. Yeah. Tony good, and good Josh, advice. yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys have any other suggestions on searching for mechanics um, out there. But Jeff, from Adrenaline Off-Road, he's located in Burtonsville, Maryland. He's currently looking for an experienced full-time automotive technician. Um, if you're a Jeep tech looking for work or know of one, you can send your resumes to sales at adrenalineoffroad.com. Now, it is a great opportunity. Yeah, it doesn't say it here in the show notes, but is a, a manly beard required for uh, being a mechanic there? Because I noticed Mike had a, yeah. a very manly beard. He's got beard. a really nice, yeah, he's got a nice beard. Oh, by the way. During the interview, I didn't put this in there because I didn't think it was appropriate, but oh, I did good. ask, yeah, I did ask how old those twin Jeepers were. Oh, and, no. Uh, yeah, they're in their, they're in their 20s, so. Oh, where did they come up with all that damn money? I mean, the, the I throwaway know. axles. Did, uh, did anybody, uh, could anybody tell what axle that was? Uh, did you look at the housing? I, I was kind of curious what, what axle. I, all I those... couldn't get, I couldn't get past the, yeah. the horrible <laughs> welds. I, I couldn't oh. get past the, the shoddy work, the, the sleeve just falling out of the axle tube. I, I, I see that's the other thing I was going to ask you about that. What's the sleeve uh, doing in there, Josh? 
that that's uh, that's how you strengthen your axle tube uh, substantially oh, uh, by sleeving okay. it. Yeah, of there's lots of sleeving sense. kits out there for for virtually uh, any axle uh, out there. From a Dana 30 on up, guys, you can sleeve your axle and, and get exceptional strength out of it. I got the feeling that was a Dana 30 uh, that we were look that we were looking. Oh yeah, at. I, it I, have was. Go, I have to go back and, and yeah. check that out. But, it uh, was. I, oh, okay, there you go. Yeah, so, it was. So moving to the Dana 44 too. wasn't a bad idea then. Right. No, no. Well, and then that other, the EVO thing that was a shark fin. Mm-hmm, I like uh, that. Yeah. That <laughs> was meant to beef up the. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, certainly. certainly. Yeah. yeah. Trusses, trusses are a great addition to, to any axle. Okay. They can also substantially strengthen up the axle. Uh, and they make, there's lots of manufacturers out there that, that make great truss kits that all require some degree of welding and fabrication. So uh, just be just be warned. So, Tammy, I don't know uh, what kind of uh, uh, journalism type stuff that you did before, but I was thinking this would be a great opportunity if Jeff would share who did this work where you could do like an ambush. Maybe you get those spy glasses, you know, where <laughs> yeah. you could go in there. And then and uh, actually, if I I want to say, I think I drive by this shop on my way to work. Um, if it's what I think it is, I'm going to well, have to ask him again the name. Don't take the law into your own hands. No, no, no uh, Molotov cocktails or anything. <laughs> yeah. But uh, right. no, it would be funny if you if you went in there with a little player, you know, like they do on the TV and, and show that that interview type thing. You'd have to blur Jeff and Mike's faces, though. Right. And, and right. any mention of the shop. And then uh, you could say, yeah, what happened with this? What happened with this? Yeah. Right. <laughs> so what happened here? Why is this uh, sleeve in there? You know, I'm thinking that sleeve would make an excellent interior grinding tool as the axle was spinning it inside the uh, the axle, making it you thinner and thinner. Imagine the amount of debris that would be in there. <laughs> uh, Good lord! That was a that was a very interesting uh, axle build. I mean, uh, that that turd wasn't being polished very well at all. No, no. <laughs> not at all. I wonder what did he did they mention what axles they used? Did they, did they put the chrome molly axles in there? Because I didn't see the uh, any axles in it whenever they were shown on the video. Oh, the 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 new axle that they put no, on. The one no, that, the one that the actual axle shafts yeah. out of that uh, out of that shoddy uh, axle housing. I just get the feeling oh, he it, spent a god awful lot of money on that uh, Dana thirty. Yeah, you know, I they had taken it. They had to take it apart to sure, you know, to get it off. So he never, you know, I don't recall what he said. Oh, and you know, I, 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 Josh and I often say this is great uh, podcasting whenever we have video. <laughs> Where will people be able to see this video so that they oh. can be as appalled as we are? I'll be uploading it to my YouTube channel, and that's um, The Jeep Mama. Um, so you just go to YouTube.com. Oh, you're just going to have it on your blog, aren't you? Yeah, and I'll blog. I'm going to, I haven't blogged yet. I've written a blog for this yet. I'm hoping to do that next Thursday. So people will be, um, able, to be able to go to jeepmama.com and, com. and see the video yep. there. Yep. Yeah, good. Interesting video. And when you said the video was going to be about five minutes, I figured we were just playing the video. You did, you did one of these 12-minute jobs like Josh does from time I, to time. I know. Yeah, I'm that sorry. That was good information in that one, though. That's, uh, that, that's a good one. That, that's one where it's uh, not over everybody's head and right. actually uh, people are interested in that sort of stuff. So maybe Jeff's listening and can answer the question for us and call in and leave us a voicemail because um, he does listen because he, he has insomnia. Thanks, Jeff. So he listens. Yeah. Um, coming up later in the show, getting the most bang for your buck when it comes to Jeep Armor. 
Indeed. And if you're looking for a source of Jeep tech info, how-tos, and a gathering of fellow like-minded Jeepers, then head over to our forum, jeeptalkforum.com. Once there, you can engage with other Jeepers, ask questions, get answers to your build questions, check out show and shine and off-road picks, read about events, modifications, and even find a selection of some written transcripts from segments right here on the Jeep Talk Show. And if you're worried about how you'll be treated, <laughs> don't worry, guys. There's no flaming, no making fun, and of course, no such thing as a stupid question. Whether you're a brand, whether you're brand new to the Jeep world or whether you're on your 27th Jeep, well, there's something for every Jeeper at JeepTalkForum.com. Yeah, we won't treat you like we do Tammy. Uh, we'll be nice to oh, you. Tony. <laughs> Josh is usually nice to me. It's Tony who picks on me. Oh, of course. <laughs> uh, Got to have fun. Uh, but anyway, uh, I was uh, driving home today, and I guess you guys can well imagine that, uh, well, maybe you don't know, we have uh, two major thoroughfares here in uh, the Houston area, the West Houston area, that are underwater days oh and days and days after the rain stopped. So, uh, I mean, a beltway, the Beltway 8, uh, is it would literally look like a lake. It was covered from one side to another, and we're talking about uh, easily eight lanes of traffic. Uh, and uh, so there's the, this one avenue that you can't go down, and then there's another avenue called Highway 6 that has the same issue. So all the traffic is going the same direction I usually drive every day. Anyway, because of all this traffic, I think that, uh, and, and the very stop-and-go nature on I-10 of uh, driving home, I think this is what caused somebody to be very bored and notice my beautiful red Jeep. Uh, mm -hmm. Because uh, on Twitter, uh, Planetarium says, at Jeep Talk Show, we just saw your red Cherokee on the freeway, and it's gorgeous. Well, thank you very much for uh, for noticing that red uh, Cherokee. And uh, if the show ever makes a lot of money, we're either going to paint or get Tammy and Josh a couple of red Jeeps. Well, that red Jeep will get her black wrap very quickly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Guys, you can also uh, leave us a review on Facebook. We love the comments. We love the interaction. And Troy Roland gave us a five-star review on Facebook. He says, hello, Jeepers from Down Under. That's Australia for all of you guys out there uh really enjoy the show blah 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 everybody loves the show i dig <laughs> it how actually tammy says gets out. blah 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 it's great <laughs> uh, i dig how tammy gets out there and has a go good on you girl tony you have my kind of humor josh i'm still trying to figure out why you're not a mechanic anyway i have a jku 07 what color you ask in your funny accent <laughs> rescue the virgin's green <laughs> it has about 300,000 kilometers on it, uh, which is no problem for a diesel. I am glad to see the JKs hit their mark here in Australia with the JKU. They are everywhere. We even have a little club here in the capital. No, it's not Sydney. Anyway, <laughs> enjoy the show. Keep it up. I got to say, I'm very disappointed. I fully expected you to read this in an Australian accent. Hello, Jeepers from Dan Under. <laughs> Australia. Really enjoy the show. Blah, 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 blah. Everybody loves the show. I dig how Tammy gets out there and has a gal. Crikey. Get on you, girl. <laughs> oh, and you can send your cease and desist letters to Josh. At <laughs> that was a very fun, uh, very fun review. Thank you a lot, Troy, for sending that in yep, to us. Definitely. And uh, so, uh, so, you know, the, the, one of the things Donald Trump's going to be doing is signing an executive order, making all measurements uh, the imperial. So just so everybody understands that 300,000 kilometers, that's about six miles in, uh, in real measuring. Oh, Tony. <laughs> uh, give a bad he, but he likes my humor, so he thought that was funny. Yeah, uh, he's laughing. We're hoping. <laughs> um, folks, you can also leave us um, reviews on iTunes, and we have one from Arctic Aaron. He gave us five stars. 
fun and good info. Great show, informative and fun at a good pace. Keep up the good work. And then we also got an email from John T. He has an 88YJ. Hey, great show. Listen to you guys all the time. Got the app on my phone. Oh, I listen you. to you. I listen to you in my truck while driving around at work. Question. Does Nikki G <laughs> have his own show? That guy is hilarious. Keep up the great work. Wendy is shaking her eye, shaking her head, rolling her eyes right now. <laughs> Thank God he doesn't. <laughs> oh, we got another email from Jeff P. in Alameda, California. First of all, a big, giant, humongous thank you to you guys, Tony, Tammy, and Josh, for all the great hours upon hours of infotainment you've provided me over the past year and a half. Since I found you guys and the Jeep Talk Show podcast, I have loved catching up on all the previous episodes. As a bonus, I only allow myself to listen while exercising. So, you guys have helped me lose 15 pounds. Congratulations, man. Hey, I've written to you recently about the podcast influence on my personal buying decisions, up to and including my 2016 Rubicon. We're sorry. And specifically, some of my <laughs> recent purchases highlighted by Tammy on the show. I just bought the Tuffy Center console locking JK storage box and a Bolt JK hood lock today. Both products I have discovered via your podcast. Thanks again, you guys. Keep on rocking the airwaves. Many, many thanks. Jeff P. Alameda, California. And hey guys, Jeff also told us that he's recently donated to not only my GoFundMe page, but also made a generous donation to Craig, the disabled vet's GoFundMe page. Craig has a debilitating brain injury that is going to severely limit the days he has left to enjoy being a Jeeper. If you guys would like to help, help this vet get through his traumatic brain injury, we will have the link to where you guys can do that in the show notes for episode 297 over at JeepTalkShow.com. You got tech questions? Oh, what do I ever? We have answers. Oh, that's good. I think, I, it's Tech Talk with Jeep Talk. Protection. Wrapping it up. Jeep prophylactics, if you will. Otherwise known as armor. Nobody want, No one wants their Jeep to get dented and torn up in the trails or on the rocks. And that's why you need to outfit your Jeep with armor to help keep your rig looking nice and, more importantly, functioning. Now, I've used and installed plenty of armor over the years, such as rock sliders, corner guards, tube fenders, tub rails, and more. The whole gambit. And while they've all helped in their own way, I've found there are definitely some upgrades that provide more bang for your buck. I'm here to give you guys my two cents on where to start your upgrades and how to plan them along the way. Choosing the right vendor for your Jeep armor is every bit as important as what type of armor you pick. Now look, I've had experience with most big names like Smittybilt, Metal Cloak, Trek Armor, Rough Country, Poison Spider, Genrite, and more. I found that it usually comes down to the thickness of the metal and quality of the finish that makes all the difference in the world. Nobody wants to spend 600 bucks on some corner guards just to have them rust within a month. This actually happened to a TJ build that I had a hand with, with using some trail gear sliders. Now, it's important to do your guys' homework. Do lots of research. Peruse the forums. Talk with your local club members to get their opinions. And then pick, and more importantly, stick to your price point and try not to skimp. Cutting corners with your armor is just asking for issues down the road especially as your Jeep and your driving skills improve and put you in more precarious situations. So where do we start when buying Jeep armor? Well, here's where, here's where we need to cast aside all BS, be true to ourselves, and lay out our cards on the table. Are you shopping for armor that looks good, or are you shopping for armor that is functional, or are you shopping for both? Trust me, it's way better to be realistic and acknowledge the fact that maybe you just need some corner guards to cover up some trail damage from the previous owner, than to unnecessarily build your Jeep to tank status if it's never going to see the off-road. If chances are low that you're going to ever need them to actually protect your Jeep that never sees trail time, why waste the money? On to the next upgrade, right? 
This helps keep you from overspending, freeing up more Jeep funds for other mods. Okay, so what's first on the list? Aside from recovery points, the next most important thing to consider is protecting the tub or body of your Jeep. Trust me, replacing the oil pan or even a whole transfer case is a lot cheaper than most bodywork. The first Jeep armor most of us opt for is a set of rock sliders. They're practical, and not only do they look good, but they can be used every day as a step to getting in or out of your rig. Even if you never have to use them to keep rocks from damaging your Jeep's body, well, they still get use in that regard. Next up is going to be skid plates. I believe the skid plates are an essential upgrade to your Jeep if you are serious about off-roading at all. Many of the stock transmission or transverse case skid plates out there are not flat in the least little bit and tend to get hung up on everything. I jokingly refer to the stock sliders as shovels. Seriously, by going with an aftermarket flat skid plate, you'll be able to slide over obstacles easily. You want to take this a step further and really want an upgrade? Go with a skid plate called a tummy tuck. These not only provide a much larger surface area of protection, but they're flat, allowing for easy slides over big rocks or stumps that would otherwise hang you up on those shovels. As an added benefit, the tuck in Tummy Tuck actually raises the transmission an inch or two, giving you more ground clearance without a lift. If you want somewhere to start a search, look up versions from Undercover Fab, Terraflex, and Nth Degree. They've all got great reputations when it comes to belly skids. And moving on from the underside of the Jeep to the corners of your Jeep, tube fenders are gaining a ton of popularity for both their rugged looks as well as superior strength over any plastic or fiberglass aftermarket fenders. In my neck of the woods, you can't throw a rock without hitting a Wrangler with tube fenders. High arch fenders like the ones from Metal Cloak will give you the ability for a low center of gravity build or LCOG. I do like them. However, I'd suggest this is one of the upgrades you do at the end of your build. Tube fenders are, a fan are fantastic at getting rid of previous damage if you're not going to just replace the fender, that is. Tube fenders also allow more wheel travel so you can stuff bigger tires up in the fender well without having to go with more lift. We all know a Jeep with little lift and big tires performs amazingly well in off-camber situations. Now, there are a ton of other little tidbits and bits of armor that you can add to the Jeep as well, like top hat roof racks that have a rub rail that comes out past the gutter, giving you protection from that cliff face or rogue tree that wishes to give you a new dent as your body rocks from one side to the other. There's things like diff guards that protect the face of your differentials from rock damage or pinion guards that allow you to slide over rocks using the bottom of your differential. Light guards are inexpensive and a cool way to help keep the plastic of those taillights and the glass of those headlights free from cracks or rock damage. There's even control arm skid plates that keep those rod ends from looking like they've been through the garbage disposal. Okay, now that we've talked about all the different types of armor, let's talk about materials. Obviously, the stuff that is strictly for looks isn't going to provide much protection from anything more than rain and hail. But if your Jeep is never going to see the trails, then more power to you. For Wrangler owners that use their Jeeps as daily drivers but also see some trail time, aluminum can be a great choice due to it weighing less than steel. A vehicle with aluminum body gear will have better fuel economy and better on-road handling. Aluminum is also great for daily drivers, especially in the north and east, due to how much they use the road salt because of, well, aluminum won't rust. For Jeeps that are used primarily off-road, steel is the best choice due to its superior strength and lower cost than aluminum. Another benefit of steel is that it's easily it's able to be easily repaired unlike aluminum. The main drawbacks to steel body gear is it's going to be it's going to rust easier and the extra weight can add up quickly. By adding large amounts of weight to your Jeep, you may change the center of gravity depending on where things are mounted. This can affect things like handling, increase the chances of your Wrangler rolling over and more. Keep in mind most body armor other than plastic will require holes to be drilled into your Wrangler's tub. So, if you want to be able to take it off someday without there being holes, you might want to go with some plastic body armor. 
If you want to keep your Jeep protected from some of the damages and dangers of the trails, it's important to ensure that it's ready to handle them. Our Jeeps are definitely rugged. Since 1941, they've been taking us places no other vehicle can go. But they're not indestructible. So investing a little now will protect your Jeep from trail damage for years to come. Well, Jeepers, I hope this has helped shed some light on what's out there, why you need it, and how to make the most and make sure that you're selecting the right gear for your build. And as always, let me know if you guys have a tech question you would like answered here on the Jeep Talk Show. Just go to jeeptalkforum.com, even on your smartphone, or shoot me an email to info at jeeptalkshow.com with the subject line, Tech Talk. Are you tired of all that noise from those other shows? I think you have to keep that rig at the moment. Now you can relax to the pleasing tones of the Jeep Talk Show every week. Unless you got Dana 60s and 40s. Get the highest audio quality possible with each download. Now, you know, you can use them in with, them, with them super swampers. And if you're tired of all that other stuff. Uh, and a thing with a deck of big old tires and a liar. Then subscribe to the highest quality podcast on the web. The Jeep Talk Show. Available on iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher Radio, and more. You guys are going to give me a beer. Hey, Tony and Josh, only 109 days until Christmas. How dare you? <laughs> I know, the countdown begins. It's time to start thinking about some great stocking stuffers for the Jeeper in your family. Or if you're the Jeeper in your family, it's time to come up with your Christmas wish list. This week's Jeep Mama's product review would fill that need. And it's the J.T. Brooks Automatic Tire Deflators. Back in May of 2014, Kyle, my off-road driving instructor from Off-Road Consulting, during my first time ever off-roading, suggested I get these as they will be a big help in off-roading. Thinking back, you know, these deflators were my first off-road purchase I made for my Jeep. Anyway, the automatic deflators allow you to spend less time airing down and more time off-roading. They are 100% designed, manufactured, and assembled in the USA. They are made of high-quality brass and nickel-plated to resist corrosion and rust. So why deflate? Well, to improve overall performance, increase tire traction, increase your tire's ability to conform to the obstacles, improve travel on soft surfaces. The JT Brooks Automatic Tire Deflators feature adjustable from 632 PSI. They deflate all four tires at once. They are an easy grip lock nut to maintain set PC PSI. They're easy grip trigger to manually start deflation. And each they're easy to use directions. They include a little storage pouch. And I needed to preset these JT Brooks automatic tire deflators once. And they were calibrated to my desired PSI that I use when I go off-roading. Um, and I can use them over and over again without resetting them. All I have to do is attach them to the valves on the tires, and they accurately deflate the tires to my set PSI. Um, you simply lock the tire deflators in place with the lock nut, screw them onto each tire's valve stem, and they do all the work. Then the deflators automatically shut off when it reaches the desired PSI. It saves me time and frustration, and like I said before, I can deflate all four tires at once. Mine were first set for the first time in 2014, and I have used them many, many, many times over the past couple of years, and they are still set to my original setting. You can buy one for $23. You can get all four for $70. You can get them on Amazon by going to jeeptalkshow.com slash Amazon or email route16 at gmail.com. Um, oh, another good... 
use for these tire deflators is when a vehicle parks on and over that white line in a parking lot. <laughs> just, I wish they were cheaper. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> Tony always lives looking for a good deal. Yeah, well, I mean, if you're going to leave them there because that, you know, that jackal uh, actually parks over the line every day. You know who I'm talking about. He's the he's the one at work uh, or, or even her and uh, their truck is so important. They got to, you know, they got to take up two spaces. So uh, let them change a flat a few times and see how that works out. No, I'm just kidding. That's probably illegal someplace. Yeah, it's vandalism. <laughs> so destruction of property. Well, I mean, just letting the air out. Uh, right. That's uh, true. So. You're not really damaging anything. Nah, I mean, I think you can actually uh, remove that little center, uh, the, the valve, uh, the part of, uh, out of the stem uh, would probably be a, an easier way of doing that. But then you got to explain why all the hissing's going on. <laughs> it's like, you look around like, where, where's that coming from? What's that noise? Quickly get in no, your vehicle I, and, and drive off. I love mine. I love them. I got to get my onboard air before what do you do to, to re-air you have a, a air compressor uh that you plug into your 12 volt uh cigarette lighter don't you no i have one that i attach to the battery and oh yeah the Jeep, that's, that's you know better. like the um jumper cable yeah connection yeah, it has the alligator clip so yeah get more current that way but um at roush creek where i wheel they do have air for people how long is the line um well it depends on if it's a busy day or not or if it's like an event like um, the Tata's event or crawling for cops. There's, I think there's like four air stations maybe. And there's okay. probably like four or five people in line near the end of the day. Is it like the, uh, the gasoline places where you got to put a quarter in? <laughs> no, it's free. <laughs> of course it is. So, uh, uh, you know, you mentioned, uh, Roush Creek. Uh, did you know about, uh, extreme terrain going out there to Roush Creek? Did they contact you? Did they let you know? Did they ask you to meet no, up with them or anything? I'm like really upset. Uh huh. Yep. Yep. I got that email I'm from, really uh, upset. from extreme terrain, uh, uh, recently, uh, advertising here on the show. And, uh, uh-huh. I, I responded back. I said, man, you need to let so us know. I. Tammy, I would be happy to go out there and, and blaze the trail. Free, free publicity. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, so maybe they'll so contact us. I emailed us. them again. Yeah, let, maybe, let me know. Yeah, maybe they'll contact us. I mean, that's just right there in your in your backyard. It's only right. like three hour drive. I would have been there. <laughs> well, apparently Josh has lost his head or his mind. Lost. I always what? It, I'd lose it if I, it wasn't screwed on straight. <laughs> well, it's then all of us. No, not me. I got a red Jeep. No, actually, uh, we're talking about the head for my four liter, and, uh, uh, and it was draw. It was dropped off at D and D Machine uh, this last week, and talked with the guys there, and 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 exactly why I chose them is because in the uh, general Portland metro area, these guys come highly recommended from the Jeep world, and they have a good reputation. That's why I don't mind going ahead and giving them a shout out. Uh, talked with the guys for for quite a bit. Told them uh, who I am, and what I do, and uh, talked with them a little bit about what I want them to do. And um, and they're going to uh, pretty much go through the full gambit, guys. They are they're going to uh, do a full pressure test on that hot tank. It uh, go through this thing top to bottom uh, and do a full rebuild on my head. And not only that, they're also going to do some cleanup work for me uh, to get some uh, some better flow going as well. Um, not a full port and polish, but they're going to go ahead and uh, and take care of some burrs, um, do a little bit of uh, gasket matching, and uh, and do a little bit of light polishing on uh, on some of the areas where uh, there is some flow restriction that is known to 
to um, to be in some certain areas of the of these four liter heads. Um, I they were glad to see that I wasn't rolling in with an O three three one casting, oh, um, and uh, and that I knew what I was talking about. And so it was actually a pretty good conversation. Uh, ch- kind of chewed the rag with these guys for a good 20, 30 minutes just uh, about head work and, and my plans for my Jeep and what I've done to it so far and taking into consideration what I want to get out of this. Oh, wow. Uh, they, were, they were extremely receptive and, uh, and were very happy to talk to me about, about this and, and other things as well. I know we've, we've talked about it many, many times, but for the folks that are, are new to the show or maybe don't know, the 0331 head, what's the issue there, uh, Reader's Digest version? So, yeah, there's, there's two castings basically for the 4-liter Jeep heads, and the 0331 head, which is more common on the 2000 and 2001 um, uh, four liter inline sixes uh, is prone to cracking between the three, the three and four, uh, number three and number four cylinders. Uh, and so, if or when they get a little hot, a little too hot, um, that it, that is the first thing to go. Typically, you'll blow the head gasket, and typically, even worse, the head itself will crack uh, mm-hmm. because of its warping. And they have a lower flow. Uh, I think the exhaust uh, ports are smaller. Yeah, the 0331 heads uh, are built a little bit differently than the, uh, what is it, like the 63, uh, I can't remember the, the number well, of the other casting. We'll just call it a 1234. Yeah, I don't, sure. it, it's a, it's a four-digit number. <laughs> like 0951 comes to mind, but I, I can't remember either. But it's, Yeah, I can't remember. It's, I, it's I just not remember the, the bad one. one. Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, exactly. I know it's not the other one, so that's all that's I need like, to know. That's like remembering your ex-wife's name. You'll never forget it. <laughs> When you guys start talking numbers, I just like, what? Huh? What we're talking about, really, just really briefly, uh, Tammy, is the casting number of the head. How the head is cast out of raw metal. Uh, there, okay. is, there is basically a, a form, um, a template, if you will, that they pour molten metal into. That's the cast. Right. That cast has a specific number. On the um, four liter inline six Jeep engines, there were two castings, uh, which were pretty much the entire run of the four liter engines. Uh, and one of them had a number called 0331. It was named 0331. That was the model number of the head casting. And it's actually and in the casting. Prone. Yeah, uh-huh. it's actually, and you can see it on the on the head itself. Okay. And um, and that is prone to issues, uh, and and has some other things that the other head, the other head casting, has over this one. So the the 0331 head is notorious for having issues and and being a weaker head than the other casting. Makes sense. I'm really glad that uh, you've got that in the shop now. Um, what do you do if the head is bad? Well, thankfully, um, I had a, a Jeep buddy about two years ago say, hey, I've got all this crap in my garage. Do you want some of it? And uh, okay. one of them was another head. It wasn't and, Nate, uh, was it? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, just about as bad, though. <laughs> I mean, uh, just about as good. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> out, of, out of that deal, I, I, got, a, uh, I got another uh, four-liter inline-six head. Also, not a 0331 casting. Now, that one was completely stripped down. It basically uh, had just the valves and, the, and, the, and the, the, the... It didn't have any of the... Actually, no, it didn't have the valves in it. Pretty much just a raw head. I think it still had the seats and guides in it, but that's about it. Um, and so I told them, I was like, here is this other head that I'm just going to give you. I have no use for it. I'm really not ever going to do anything with it. I've been sitting on it for two years. I said that I, I was one day going to, you know, start pouring and polishing it and and do a big build on it, but it's just it's not going to happen. Um, so either a use this as core, or use this as hey, I'm just going to give this to you guys. You can sell it off to the next guy. Maybe give me a you know a core discount or something like that. Or if my head is bad, use this one and build it up. 
So I, they've got two different directions that they can go no matter what happens with my head. All right, I got a little update here for you. Uh, due to the, uh, the magic of uh, the Internet and uh, Google uh, search, uh, the 2686 is uh, 1987 oh. through 1990 uh, for the Renix model 4.0. And the 7120 was the 1991 ah, through 95. I yeah. forgot about the Renix. That is supposed different to, too. The 7120 is supposed to be the highest flowing head of all the 4.0 um, head models that came out. But a very close second is the 0630, which is probably what you have josh yep that uh, i recognize those numbers yep because that's the 1996 through 2000 uh early uh but there's probably early 2000 is what they're saying there and then the infamous 0331 dun 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 now it's not as bad as a dana 35 you're probably not going to die when the 0331 goes <laughs> now it really only happens it doesn't happen every time it's just more prone to cracking so yes uh, people that are in the in the know generally stay away from the 2000 uh through 2001 xjs but uh, i keep forgetting about the renix that uh, yeah it's, they got their place uh you know oh good because you imagine actually running a carburetor and on those inclines <sighs> that would be rough yes i have i uh, have you <laughs> yes i've never done that uh in a jeep thankfully all right, Tammy. Well, I'm just going to be catching up on, um, I have a whole bunch of blog post ideas that I need to do. And tomorrow is payday. And I set aside some money so I can buy that um, rear seat recline kit that we talked about oh, yeah, a couple good. episodes back. So, yeah, I'm interested in um, hearing about that. I'm also interested yeah. in hearing how your, uh, how your kids like it. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Definitely. That's... Maybe we can start driving the Jeep more then as a family. Nah. So, <laughs> yeah. So that's pretty much it. Um, life's pretty boring here. I just got. Oh, s- I did. I did. I will have to say I had to leave my Jeep in the garage today. Um, I had this appointment. It's called Stretchworks. It's stretch therapy to help with my my arthritis. Anyway, um, the location of the place is downtown. Silver Spring, and to park there, you had to park in the parking garages, and I just wasn't sure if my Jeep would fit in it, so I had to, yeah, I had to leave the Jeep at home, and I drove um, my son's BMW, Um, it's like a 2003, slumming it, and oh my gosh, that was so, I haven't driven a car in years. So let me ask you, did you feel like you were driving a lowrider? Yeah. (laughs) Oh my goodness. So did you feel like an asshole while you were driving the BMW? Tony, <laughs> I think we've all had issues with with BMW drivers, Josh. Uh, I think we here, all have. out here. It's Prius drivers. Oh, man, if they're yeah. aggressive in Priuses, that's that was pretty wild. <laughs> but yeah. um, no, it was it was really weird. But oh, I w- sure. I will say I was. Um, it's like a quick little car, and I'm like zipping along. So, give but me, I'm glad to be back in my Jeep. Give me high and slow any day of the week. And that sounds like yep. everybody in California, doesn't it? I um, agree. <laughs> well, that's great. Uh, so, did, uh, did you take a tape measure, Tammy? So the next time you go, you'll uh, you know if the Jeep will fit. Yeah, no, it had a li- you know it had the little sign hanging down. It was seven feet, so I'll oh, be fine. Easy peasy. So yep. you know, uh, when I went went to work for this new company, I was concerned that uh, my Jeep wasn't going to fit in there. 
And uh, I actually looked online. Uh, I think it was Google Maps, and I could read the sign for the oh. you know for that little sign you're talking about. Right. And it was like uh, six foot something, like six foot three or six foot two, really, really low. And I was really concerned about being able to park my Jeep in there. And then I did a little research and I found, at least here in Texas, it is the lowest port part of the parking garage. So if they have any uh, pipes or anything that's going anywhere, and it right. doesn't necessarily have to yeah. be where you're going to be driving your vehicle, just anywhere in there, if it's hanging that low, that's the, the lowest point, And that's what they have to put on that sign. There's plenty of clearance for my Jeep. My, my Jeep's a little over six foot, uh, probably like six two, six three, or something uh, to the to the top of the you know the where the uh, the rack is, right. um, the factory rack. So not not one I put on there. So, uh, but initially it's a little scary pulling into those things, especially when you see those uh, I beams, concrete I beams going, you know, as you're driving by. I destroyed a CB antenna going through a parking garage like that once. My uh, my two meter uh, quarter wave two meter uh, broke off one day because I was driving through there and it was just going boing 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 boing, and that's when I moved the uh, the mount to the fender. So now everything fits. Well, they, it hits the sign. Both my uh, uh, radio antenna and uh, the the two meter four forty antenna both will hit the signs in there. But it's just at the very top. It doesn't. It's not a constant thing. I think it was kind of like that uh, thing you can do with wire when you bend it back and forth repeatedly. It gets hot and breaks. I think hitting those uh, those little eye beams did the same thing to my two meter antenna that was in the center of the roof. So. Anyway, I got two two places to put antennas now. I really don't have anything going on uh, with my Jeep. Um, I'm still running the uh, the the epoxied uh, distributor. <laughs> so I mean, I got the other distributor here. You know, I'm gonna have to actually remove the uh, the front skid plate uh, to uh, to put that distributor in because I've got to get uh, get it top dead center. And uh, the easiest way to do that is to you know mark it from underneath and then turn it and get it lined up on top dead center so uh we had a cold front come through so actually it's getting more conducive to uh, uh working on uh, vehicles out in the garage now so we'll see very nice yep really happy to hear about the head josh uh any kind of time frame uh in, no and in, in fact that was that was one of the things that i was stressing to them i was like you know look i am in no rush so you know do this when you're doing another you know amc run you know the next jeep that rolls in here do with that I don't need this thing for, you know, weeks or months. So, you know, Aww. to make it easy on you guys, you know, put this at the bottom of your priority list. And he says, oh, no, no, we'll, ha- we'll have it done before that. We'll, we'll, we'll get you in. Good. So, well, that's good. Yeah. Now, good. Uh, it'll be nice if you could, uh, you know, mount that someplace in the shot. You know, until you go to use the head. So think about how you could, you know, put that on a stand behind you. Put this 300 you. pound head just, just sitting right <laughs> here on the corner of my chair, you know. <laughs> Yeah, people don't realize how heavy that thing is until they start trying to pull it so off. Freaking heavy, and My especially God. especially when you have a lifted Jeep. It, you know, it, it's well, and even on a more long block too. You know, like on a Chevy three fifty or something, it's not that bad. No. But you know, on a long block, oh, it's a lot of metal. Well, it's a lot of metal, and it's so long. It's like to, trying to to move. Uh, well, it's trying to like go into the bathroom in the in the morning. It's just it's it's rough. You know, you have to plan uh. your, plan your shot there. <laughs> Man. Your shot, he says. <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get a with that. Unless anybody, has anything, <laughs> unless anybody has anything to add. Uh, no. 
<laughs> Moving right along. Uh, we're going to start talking about what events are coming up in your neck of the woods <laughs> and around the nation, Jeepers. Uh, hey, this weekend is the third annual White Mountain Jeep Invasion, guys. We talked about this last week. It's at that ski resort in New Hampshire. They're going to shut down the entire mountain just for Jeeps to go play on the slopes. It sounds amazing. Fine. And hey, if you're going or you went to this event, by the time you listen to this, well, give us a call. And let us know how it went and what you saw. I've never heard of anything like this, so I'd love to hear about this event, guys, from somebody who was there. Uh, coming up September 15th through the 17th, Nito Tires presenting the 2017 Sandsports Super Show over at the, at the uh, Orange County Fair and Event Center in Costa Mesa, California. For more information on this gigantic Super Show, guys, head over to sandsportssupershow.com. All one word there. Uh, National Chrysler Jeep Dodge is presenting the 2017 Jeep Week happening September 22nd through the 24th. Top Sail Island, North Carolina. Uh, for more information on this, head over to topsailchamber.org and just type in Top Sail Island uh, Jeep Week uh, up there in the search engine and you can find um, all that stuff. Um, uh, we also have a huge off-road expo, guys. The big one happening in Pomona, California, uh, happening September 30th through October 1st. For more information on this gigantic off-road expo, this is the off-road expo, guys. This is the big one. Head over to offroadexpo.com. Uh, happening October 5th through the 8th, uh, we also have the Trail Hero event coming up. You guys might have heard about this event last year. Uh, trail Hero is a four-day trail ride event that also offers industry entertainment galore after you guys are done with each of your day's trail rides. Uh, last year was their inaugural event, and the Jeep Talk Show got an exclusive interview with the event's founder, Rich Klein, on episode I-10. Just head over to our website and search for that. You'll be able to find it. They learned a lot from last year, guys, and going into year two, they've made some crucial changes to make the second annual Trail Hero event of 2017 one you won't want to miss. Simply put, no single event has ever had every aspect of the off-road sport on one platform until now. With all the big-name promoters, every last off-road uh, vendor that you can think of, they're going to be there. And with all the features being completely free to the spectators, this event also raises awareness for land use and opens the door for those less fortunate by gaining them access. Guys, this is a great event. If you are looking for one event to go to each and every year, check out thetrailhero.com. Hey, if you know of an event coming up, shoot us an email with some details. Been to an Jeep event recently? Well, let us know what you thought and what you saw. Call our 24-7 voicemail line at 530-675-4102 and leave a message night or day. We'd love to hear from you. Hey, survey. Please take a moment and take our survey at jeeptalkshow.com slash survey. And please include us in your tweets. Just hashtag jeeptalkshow. And to see your tweet on YouTube, use Jeep JTS Live. That's Jeep Talk, hashtag Jeep Talk Show and hashtag JTS Live. We love hearing from our listeners. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and Google Plus, pretty much all over the web. Just go to your favorite social media outlet and search Jeep Talk Show. You'll find us. Hey, join us on the Jeep Talk Forum. Pictures, stories, more detailed uh, how-tos, or ask your questions uh, to all the hosts, jeeptalkforum.com. Call us anytime and leave us a voicemail at 530-675-4102 and you'll hear your voicemail on the show. Yes, you will. And don't forget, we have a free application for your phone or your tablet. Just go to the Apple Store or even Google Play and search for Jeep Talk Show. Once installed, be sure to check the box, download latest free episodes. And you'll have hours of entertainment with or without internet access. Hey, the Jeep Talk Show is live every Thursday at 10 p.m. Central Time. Join us for a live show at youtube.com slash jeeptalkshow. 
Hey, and if you're making a purchase online or at Amazon, be sure and go to jeeptalkshow.com slash Amazon first. And hey, folks, don't forget to follow me on my Jeep journey at my blog, www.jeepmama.com. If you'd like to learn more about what I'm doing behind the mic or you need a voice for your product or your business, by all means, hit me up over at thevoiceofjosh.com. Oh, and you got a deal on your GoFundMe for some voiceover work, don't you, Josh? That's right. If you want to get a huge discount on some professional voiceover work, uh, just check out my GoFundMe page. Uh, It's gofundme.com slash Jeep. And uh, if you donate, I will be giving back. So uh, go check that out. Oh, that's one of the reasons why that head's at the shop is because you guys have been donating. Thank you very much for going over there. Well, that's it for this week, guys. Until next week, be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr. Friendless on Facebook. Circleless like vultures on Google+. And above all else, be sure to tell a friend about the Jeep Talk Show. So no matter where you're wheeling, if you pack it in, Make sure you pack it out. Let's leave our outdoor recreation and wheeling destinations in as good, if not better, condition than they were when we arrived. Remember to always tread lightly. Stand designated trails. No wheel where you're not supposed to. If you'd like to learn more about the tread lightly principles and how you can help keep our trails and public lands open for offer use, head over to www.treadlightly.org. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Treadlightly.org. <laughs> Since 2010.